Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is March 3rd, 2015. We are going to have Jason Bartley, who's going to be on from Recovery Truth One. He's a YouTuber. Uh, Jason, I went up there and interviewed him for my film. And today we're going to talk about the slogans and how those slogans are used to, well, you know what, let's just... Let's just bring him on. Let's get him on here. I have to tell you, let's see. Um, cognitive dissonance is one of the things that Jason wanted to talk about. And I also looked up right before I, I logged into the show, I Googled a slogans and brought up a different website than you gave me, Jason. Uh, so there's some pretty funny stuff on there. All righty, so I'm going to bring you on. And here we go. Hi, Jason. You're live. How you doing? Hi, Monica. I'm happy to be here. Good. All right. You ready to do the show? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So go ahead. You want to talk about what cognitive dissonance is for you. Right. I just wanted to give a, about a minute or so description of cognitive dissonance, which was introduced by the psychologist Leon Festinger in 1957. It is caused when a person with a strong core belief system is faced with new evidence or a new reality that cannot be accepted because it would cause feelings of pain, anger, fear, and or discomfort. There are three main ways a person attempts to preserve their current worldview and avoid the discomfort of cognitive dissonance. first way a belief or assumption is maintained in the face of challenging new evidence is by rejecting or in other words, denial. The second way a core belief system is preserved is by avoiding, or in other words, ignoring. And the third way is by explaining away or rationalizing. A person might use all three of these ways to reduce or alleviate uncomfortable feelings associated with cognitive dissonance. At the crux of these three methods is an attempt at convincing oneself that no conflict really exists thereby nullifying, nullifying cognitive dissonance. So that's what cognitive dissonance is. 
and this is how it's actually utilized against you in AA. <clears throat> AA slogans employ circular logic and conflicting meanings in order to cause cognitive dissonance. This cognitive dissonance is meant to disassociate new prospects as well as current members from where they are. Today I'm going to alleviate this cognitive dissonance using humor to expose the true meanings of these AA slogans. Okay. Uh, ready? Are you ready? Okay, let's start with number one. Yeah. You receive without cost. Now give without charge. In other words, do whatever your sponsor tells you to tells you to do. Mow the lawn, take out the trash, pick up the dog shit. <laughs> okay, that, now that's not uh, one that's as, as familiar as I remember some of the others. Uh, I went to a website. We're going to go down. Jason picked out about, I don't know, 10 or 15, and then he put a rebuttal for those of you listening to you know what he originally is saying and then his rebuttal. But I, the one that I pulled up has really some of the basic old ones, like easy does it, first things first, live and let live, but for the grace of God. What I liked about what Jason did is some of the rebuttals that he said. So, And then when you're done, I'm actually going to read what this says at the bottom about why does AA use these slogans? Oh, my God. You know, I just had a moment as I read it, Jason, before you called in and we started the show of once again feeling very embarrassed that I ever believed this shit, that I ever, like, didn't see it the way that I see it now. And I, you know, I don't know. It's, I mean, it passed. Like, I felt it and I went, God, like, how did you, like, this is just fundamentalism, you know, from quackery from the 1930s. And they had no answer for, anyway, enough about that. So go ahead, go on with the next one you got there. Yeah, I was just going to say that first one I read, you could say, like, give it away to keep it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're, re- we're responsible for the effort, not the outcome. What we mean to say is we are not responsible for the repercussions you may suffer from our advice, only being there to give the advice to you. Yeah. Keep your sobriety first to make it last. In other words, we come first. Before your girlfriend, your husband, your career, your children, we are what's important to you now. Now that's the one that I think is really very damaging to families. And I can remember as a well you know, if we hear see so many stories on Facebook now, never mind the blogs, where people are told, you know I mean I was told that actually a lot. Like, you know, your sobriety is your number one priority. Your sobriety is your number one priority. And getting up from Christmas dinner at my father's in Hawaii in 1976, and he's like, where are you going? And we were like, oh, we're going to a meeting. It's like, what? You know, oh, yeah, we're going to a meeting on Christmas Eve? Yeah. You know, that's outrageous. What? I think I I did some things like that, too. You did? Yeah, on like Christmas or my birthday. Oh, it's Christmas, but I got to go to a meeting because we're having marathon meetings, and I don't want to drink on Christmas, you know. So yeah, I had yeah. to have a meeting, or I'd ha- uh, I wouldn't be able to not drink. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really disturbing. Um, I think that uh, we know a lot of people who 
have shared with me about this kind of thing. And right when I was leaving, there was a young woman who came to my women's meeting who had a newborn baby. And I don't know what she was doing at a 7 o'clock meeting on a Wednesday night with a newborn because I certainly didn't go to any nighttime meetings. I mean, I think I went once a month, once a month to like a home meeting um, uh, on a weekend and had a babysitter. But on a regular basis, I stopped going to meetings when I had babies. Thank God. I mean, that's all I want to say yeah. is thank me, thank God, whoever, that, that I had this instinct to not. But she was sitting there, and it was I remember it was my last meeting. And I couldn't even address what she had said because I had too much to tell them. But, you know, she belongs home. And if you want to go to a meeting, then get a sitter and go in the daytime when the baby's napping. But no mother mm-hmm. who is a sane, healthy mom needs to be going and who has like years she had like five years or eight years of sobriety like she's not on the edge of drinking right right. (laughs) there's a really weird dynamic there and i want to talk about this is that okay if somebody really loves aa they really connect and they're religious and they want to join a cult right and it's helping this cult is helping them from not dying from you know over drinking or drugging right if you want to go Mm -hmm. there fine but give people really good advice. And the advice would be, in the beginning, it may be harder. But as the years roll on, it's easy. And you do not need to be there. You know, you do. I had people tell me, you can go to too many meetings. When did you hear that now? I, I mean, I was told, don't go to any more than three meetings a week. What? Go I out with you. What's Every that? day, no. two, three times a day. No, that's nuts. Okay, um, here's here's one. This too shall pass. Oh, I hate that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about that one. Yeah, right. I don't have anything to say about it either. I think it's a mean thing. It, it's used very passive-aggressively. That's how I saw it used. Uh, this too shall pass. Uh, you know, very non-compassionate uh, statement. And mm-hmm. uh, All right, you got another one. Yeah, AA will work if you work it. In other words, if you're sober, give us the credit. Wait, say that one again. AA will work if you work it. In other words, if you're sober, give us the credit for it. <laughs> right, yeah. They have all the credit. Like, why, why do people do that? they like, you know, I'm sober here today by the grace of God and Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was like, I never felt that. I was like, I'm here because I stopped. Yep. What is that? That's, but you know what? In any cult, any any kind of religion, you know, I got to tell you, there's, you know, religion is that's what it wants to be. That you know, you're here because of that, and you know, God saved me, and God did this, and you know, I'm a person of faith, but I got to tell you, this whole AA thing is like, you know, really made me look at faith and what that is, and what's real and what isn't, and you know, people who don't have it should have a right to get help without having faith. Which brings me to the very bottom. So I, I went to, when I googled aaslogans.com, it brought me into the dash alcoholism guide, right? And it had all the, like, the really kind of old classic, um, you know, uh, the slogans here, right? But under that it says, um, right here, one thing is clear. Um, one thing that is clear to us just by looking at the above list, A slogans very much place a great emphasis on three things. The first is a belief in God to help you. And then the slogans also emphasize how important it is to take the first step. 
and know that it is the correct one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> They're so wow. fucking nuts. Oh, my God. Okay. AA slogans motivate you to constantly hang in there and not let your efforts go to waste. Oh, my God. These people are so fucking crazy. I'm sorry, but, like, you know, it, this whole thing about the... What was the other thing about praying? All right, let's move on. What's the next one, Jason? Number three. Anger is but one letter away from danger. In other <laughs> words, fuck your anger. Yeah, I, never heard, I never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I got it off that site. So here's my oh. rebuttal to that. <laughs> you know, somebody... <laughs> I had some critiques on iTunes about me. By wow. the way, if you're out there listening and you like the show... Please go to iTunes and give me a critique. Just go into iTunes and Google my name, Monica Richardson. You'll find Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery and give me a critique. Go ahead, give me five stars, four stars, whatever you want to give me, but you say you like it, go there. And also follow me as a follower on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to give a little pitch for everything. For the 13th step, the film on Facebook, Leaving AA on Facebook, and or Monica Richardson. And you can find us if you want to blog privately. You can do that on the leavingaa.com site uh, that we're, the bloggers, nobody reveals who they are. Okay. Um, go on to this is number to four. Number four. I need to finish another one. Anger is but one letter away from danger. In other words, stuff your anger. Yeah, shove that shit down so deep you won't even know it's there. That's real healthy. <laughs> Right, so <laughs> anger and danger, danger ranger. <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell them the story that I told you last night when we went over this. We were getting ready for the show today. So I knew a guy who had 20, 22 years, and he was an NA, long time, really nice guy, good NA member of you know good standing, whatever. And his wife was having an affair with a guy, and he found out about it. And he took his truck and he drove it into a tree, like. N.A. gave him no tools, no tools. And, in fact, it makes people worse. When you tell people you can't feel angry, it's like saying you can't feel happy. Imagine that. I mean, anger is and, and upset is just as important as being happy. They're like emotions. They're normal, sadness, happy, mad. You don't get to fucking tell people you can't be angry, but that's what they do in the big book, and that stuff gets repeated, repeated. And so people who are already angry are now, like, stuffing that down. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, Danger Ranger, number four. What you hear and see here stays here. That is, unless someone really, some really juicy gossip, it's some really juicy gossip we can't help but share with anyone who will listen. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true, Right. Yep. All right. Next one, number five. AA meetings. <clears throat> An AA meeting is where losers get together to talk about their winnings. Actually, it is where losers go to wit whine about their miserable AA lives. <laughs> well, well, there's truth in that. I, I, well, I think there's. So, what's this? What's the slogan? AA. Meeting an A meeting is where losers 
get together to talk about their winnings. Oh, these are some really like offbeat ones. I'm going to read some classic old ones, okay? Again, easy does it. First things first. Live and let live. But for the grace of God, let go and let God. This too shall pass. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Now, this, I think, is one of the most most rebuttaled to us, the anti-steppers, right? They keep coming. The, if it, works, if, it works if you work it is such a lie. I want to talk about that. Because I see it, and I when Carla Brada and the whole 48 Hours CBS thing aired, and people want to fight about why it fails for people, and I would have to say that in the last years that I sat in meetings, I began to notice people who so-called it didn't work for and said, you know what, no, I don't think that there is something that they should or could be doing to make it better whether, oh, they weren't of service. Like, I actually thought that shit at one point. Oh, well, they were never of service. They never really got into that part of the program, right? That's, like, total bullshit. Like, I think that giving back to life, that's a principle that's a principle whether you're religious or not. It's a component of every religion that that happiness, you know, big uh, Tony uh, Robbins, you know, that's what he talks. Is it Tony Robbins, that speaker, that motivational? Is that the guy's name? I. I don't know. You know who I mean? The guy with the the big head and the big hands, and the, he was in Shallow Hell. That movie. Anybody out there oh, remember? I yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it. you know, yeah. Even he, like, you know, like they talk about if you take a seminar. I took the three day, you know, walk on fire seminar, and it's a principle that if you give back, people who are rich they do it, and people who, you know, it, okay, we agree with that. But to say that. Well, I mean, I just got into it with somebody who was on my the 13 Step to Film webpage, and I was like, no, it doesn't. Like, that's not true. Like, it worked. You could say, oh, well, it worked for her. Look at how well it worked for Monica. Well, that's because I wanted to stop. I stopped on my own, and I just wanted to stay stopped. It wasn't like, oh, I'm hanging on by my fingers, and, you know, can you guys please help me? In fact, I got worse. I got worse as I stayed in AA for the first three years. Yeah. Set me mm-hmm. depressed in the perpetual state of depression. Yeah, but you went in and you were depressed, and it made you even more depressed. Right. Correct. Right. Not that alcohol doesn't make you depressed, but in recovery, or I like to—I don't even like the whole concept of recovery. I think we we should recover and move on with our lives mm-hmm. and put that behind us. Mm-hmm. But if you're in mm-hmm. a program like that, it shouldn't make you feel that way. Right. Okay, number six. What do you got for number six? Serenity is not freedom from the storm, but peace amid amid the storm. Actually, what we mean to say is serenity is being able to bully someone who disagrees with us and feel good about ourselves for doing so. Like, you know, a lot of uh, comments online, the people that don't like us, Critical AA, NIAA type people. Uh, well, really I think that that's something they wouldn't want to hear much of. Can you repeat that one again? Oh, you couldn't hear it? Yeah, well, you know, it's not the, quite the best connection with your phone, but just say it one more time yeah. fully. Say that yeah, one again. Hold the phone. Serenity is not freedom from the storm, but peace amid the storm. Actually, what we mean is serenity is being able to bully someone who disagrees with us and feel good about ourselves for doing so. 
Well, I think that that's very true about AA, the stereotype of AA. And um, amongst them, you could have decent people, but that is a really classic... Um, the setup in AA is that we know better. Um, Stephen Slate says it in my movie. You know, shut up. We know better. You're stupid. Um, there are people who I know personally. You know, what Stephen expressed to me was he was called that. I was t- called an idiot once. My husband was called an idiot once. You know, I told my sponsor, I said, "Don't what, what did you just say to me? Like, don't ever talk to me like that again. Like, I, I didn't even have parents didn't talk call me that you know like you don't get to talk to me like that who do you think you are I was like 19 years old Hmm. yeah okay next one number seven AA may may not solve all your problems but it, it will share it is willing to share them in addition we like to shove what we perceive as your character defects in your face and point out that everything is your fault and of your own making. Yeah, I would say that's very true. The whole victim blaming, it's always like, what's your part in it? What's your part in it? And I really bought into that. Did you buy into that, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I I had some things, like when I was doing my fifth step, uh, it comes to mind, that were brought up by my sponsor that were completely untrue, and he... Uh, insisted that I accept what he was saying, these character defects he thought I had were true. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's not. And then, you know, I'm being argumentative and I'm not, you know, uh, following directions, <laughs> what directions anyway, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, I think I just had a classic moment of remembering with one of my sons, um, um, with my oldest one, and saying like... um you know, all Kevin and I were like, well, there's these character defects, and he would just, like, want to explode. He was like, oh, you people, you know, and we were so brainwashed that, you know, yeah, like, we people have faults. You know what I mean? We all have faults. Yeah. And we have, you know, good qualities about us. Uh, some of us are lazier right. than others. Some are more impatient. You know, there's all kinds of qualities of, of a person. But to spend your whole life like working on yourself, even that that is a new like that phrase. I had somebody that on character defect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like just even that whole mentality of like, oh I'm a work in progress and I spend the rest of my life and I was like, you know what? No, I'm fucking not. Like I'm done. No no I'm not a work in progress and no I'm not gonna spend my whole life working on myself. I'm fuck I'm fucking done working on myself. I'm gonna live my life now. And that right. happened because I interviewed somebody it was like really kind of new in like the recovery world, and you know we have some differences of opinion, some similarities. I mean, I think some of the things that she believes are going to be good for helping a certain group of people, but she thinks that like alcohol is evil and you nobody know, you shouldn't drink at all. I mean, there was some really interesting things that she said. I was like, whoa, hold on a second, no, I don't feel that way at all. But I do think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's we just need. Other, we just need other modalities, Jason. You know what I mean? That to spend mm-hmm. your life thinking you have to work on yourself is really gotten into the culture. It's almost like a meme. You know, it's like I didn't understand what that was when my sons were telling me that. Like it's AA is so entrenched 
in right, like TV shows and like I mean I was watching House of Cards and there was one episode there's like four fucking scenes to deal with this guy and you know they're just it's like they're lies they have a doctor telling him well you're you're gonna go to your meetings right you know you better like stay on top of your sobriety I mean the guy is like supposedly sober eleven years but he kills people you know didn't he kill somebody for him who is this. House of Cards. Are you watching the the show, the Netflix oh. show, House of Cards, with Kevin Spacey? No, I don't have Netflix. No. Yeah, well, I'd really like to send them an email. I might Twitter both of the major stars and say, guys, like, get the AA shit straight. I'll send you my fucking documentary. <laughs> you know, like, if, you, if you're not in AA and you don't know this, then you have hired a stepper writer that's, like, feeding you this bullshit that is brainwashing. Are you really kidding me? Like this whole thing with medication, if you are in the program, like how much more cult is that? It's kind of like that, well, Scientology believes that, but there's also another religion, science of mind or something, I think, where, you know, they don't take any medication at all, like not even an aspirin. Really? Like because because you're in AA, a program developed in the 1930s, you can't use medical marijuana if you needed it, or you couldn't take your you know, uh, a pain medication? Like, that's really fucking weird. I got to tell you, I think that's weird. Now, I know there are people who don't think that way, and, you know, they don't feel that way at all. It's okay to smoke and drink pots of coffee. That's perfectly fine. Smoke, like a chain smoke and drink tons of coffee, no problem. Anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Well, all those old-timers died of heart disease. You know, they they, you know, died from the smoking and the heart disease combination of the way they ate and um, the way they smoked so heavily. Like, they really, they were heavy smokers back then. Like, when I, when I first went to AA, there were like two packs a day. That place was disgusting. The room was just wow. filled with smoke, you know. Um, okay, let's see. Jonathan wrote something here in the chat room. The victim blaming was one of the hardest concepts. I, truth, I had no part in my abuse beyond the fact that I let it continue out of love. That's not a defect. It's a lack of coping skills, but certainly not a defect. It's a good point. Really good point, Jonathan. Um, that's part of what I really, my big criticism. Um, <laughs> one of the Jonathan in the chat room just said, the easiest way to spot an AA meeting is look for a cloud of smoke outside a door. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we're covering a lot. I think what we're going to do is once we get through all these, we're going to maybe take some calls if we have time at the end. We are, wow, we're already 30 minutes into the show. I can't believe this. Yeah, we better be going. All right, number eight, (laughs) go ahead. When you do all the talking, you only learn what you already know. What we mean by that is, I know more than you. I want to talk now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, that was a bad cough. I don't know what that is. I'm not getting sick. Say that again. <laughs> Say it again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you do all the talking, you only learn what you already know. What we mean by that is, I know more than you. I want to talk now. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> because that's all they do in it. They sit around and like, it, it, you know, just sit there and Talk about whatever they think is AA-related, their problems, their drunkalog. Well, that's they want to talk uh, about themselves. I mean, even people with a, with a lot of time have learned by sitting in AA that rather than compassionate listening, 
which you you know is what how normal people listen and talk is responding to that and then saying oh wow you know that's interesting and like mirroring what they're saying and talk about them and you know but they just don't always talk about themselves like i've known people with like over 30 years who it always has to go back to well you know when i and i was like jesus like you haven't had a drink in 35 years why are we fucking talking about this like can't you see yeah. that that's it's like circular thinking Always coming, and that's what circular thinking is, right? Always coming back to the same thing, same thing, same thing. Right. Well, it's kind of like me right now with anti-AA. <laughs> What's number nine? <laughs> there are none too dumb for the AA program, but many are too smart. Is our way of saying we don't like intellectuals or people who think for themselves. Yeah, they don't like that. And we talked about this last night, too, so I want to say it again. And Really smart people do join AA. And they, you know, the people who are not smart want to bully them with the program and with their time, but that there is a kind of breaking down or their attempt to break people, which I think they do. I think it has mm-hmm. um, got really, really dangerous components to it, AA. And that's why you see a lot of suicide. A lot of suicide. Okay, number 10. When we surrender to our higher power, the journey begins. In other words, when you drink the AA Kool-Aid, you let us take you places you otherwise would never want to go. (laughs) Like where? (laughs) Finish that thought. (laughs) Places... You'd never want to go in AA, you know, with doing the steps and wasting all your life in meetings. And uh, How many years did you waste in meetings, Jason? It was over a decade. That, uh, oh. I, I had, there was, there was intervals where I wasn't uh, completely in AA, but I, you know, there's a lot, a lot of that time I was. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a long time. I mean, mine's a long time too, but that's um Here, oh, here's one. This one just jumped out at me. If God seems far away, who moved? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um we are only as sick as our secrets. Now that is one that I think is really Scientology based. <laughs> They want people to tell them their secrets, and I was really sucked into that. And you know, it's so inappropriate. There's things that just should be talked about to therapists, and you know, and there's no confidentiality. No, there's none. I mean, there's been people murdered over that. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the one in Long Beach. That guy murdered his sponsor. Um, I can't handle it, God. You take over. That's one that's here. Be part of the solution, not the problem. That was said a lot when I was in the rooms. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Willingness is the key. Well, willingness is a good thing. Keep an open mind. They are not open-minded. No. I'm sorry, but they are so fucking not open-minded. You will intuitively know. Yeah, well, that's one they don't apply either. That's a good Buddhist principle. It's not theirs. Oh, how about don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens? Well, how about after 25 years if the miracle didn't happen? Yeah, when is the miracle? 
<laughs> you know, ten over ten years later, I'm sitting there in a meeting, looking at the wall that says, uh, uh, "Wait for the miracle," or "Don't leave before the miracle," or "Expect a miracle." That's what it said. Expect a miracle, and uh, uh, I don't really think that's going to happen. <laughs> no. I know. What's number twelve? The task ahead of us is ever as great as the power behind us. What we mean is that we mainly like to focus on and talk about our past. We're not concerned with the future. Yeah. Now, that's a good one we're talking about because I began to see people who were... Now, there's nothing wrong with like living in the present and there's a certain part of Zen philosophy that I think people can benefit mm-hmm. from, being present and stuff. But your overall your overall life plan or how one looks at your life, that that becomes, like, really bad when you're planning financially. Like, in even setting goals, like, oh, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a degree, I want to buy a house, I want to make a movie, um, I want to, I want to what? You know, you want to be a therapist, you want to be a counselor. Uh, you don't say, I'm not going to, but it has, it's really harmful around money and it's, you know, without planning. Well, I don't need to plan for the future because I just have today. That's all I have. Today is all I have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I began to look around with, you know, maybe five, six years of sobriety, and as I, I my life got better and better, uh, it was not AA, and it was not its 12 stupid steps that were helping me. You know, I began to read lots of other books and apply them in my life, and they were written by very, very successful businessmen. And some of them were spiritually angled, but I didn't really find too many of those until maybe I had eight or ten years when I moved to California. Um, the other books were written by, you know, whether it was Think and Grow Rich or whatever it was back then, they were old books that people, for business, you had to, you know, have certain principles. Who's calling me from that area code? They'll just have to wait. Um, oh, look at this one. Have a good day unless, of course, you have made other plans. God, this is so weird. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm just reading this thing on the blog. Okay, go on to the next one, Jason. I'm going to try to find this on this website. We are at number 13. You are not required to like it. You are only required to do it. By that, we are referring to the 12 suggestions of AA. And suggestions, you know. We suggest you do it or death awaits you. (laughs) Well, one of the best parts of making the film was uh, that I had somebody who was really a subject in the film. She... Well, I had been doing these radio shows, and I was like kind of tearing them up. I was think it was like chapter five and chapter three, and I started noticing how many times God was mentioned, and the whole debate of it being not a religion. And then I was like, no, this is this is really religious. And then I found that it was, you know, deemed highly religious in our court, in the Ninth Circuit Court, and in 35 states. And and I started to want to pull out. I mean, God, I wished I would have had big money to do motion graphics for this particular part of the movie because I, I don't, and I didn't have it to do as as I wanted. 
But I did see... Oh, let me turn this. My phone keeps going off. Um, so I, what we did is, I mean, I looked in red, and then I had her pull every sentence, right, that their God was there. And then mm-hmm. we pulled out the phrase, and then we counted them. And then they were done. It was done by chapter by chapter. And then my assistant, who was here, we then took them, and then we pulled all of them and on a concise and got them all on a couple of pages because they were pages. It was just like ridiculous. It was like 20 pages, you know, if we left them in their whole sentence as they were. So there was 497 references to God, him, or the great one, or the, you know, higher power, right? And then I went and I said, okay, let's do the musts. Let's go back and look yeah, at how must. many musts, 55. And in the in the 12 by 12, I know there's more because I... I I didn't want to do, I could have done the, um, the ordering around in the 12 by 12 is outrageous. Like when someone says, oh, you can just, you know, you can just do what you like. And it's like, really, if you just do what you like, then you're going to have, you know, people are going to not take you seriously. And if you shared like that in a meeting, you're going to be, you know, they're going to get those looks, you know, those looks that they would give you from across the room, Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... The shares that were kind of like the roundabout way of telling you what they thought, their judgment towards you, without saying it directly to you. I don't know how you, I don't know if I put that right. Well, here's what, you know, look, if I was once a, you know, a Kool-Aid drinking stepper, then I must have been judgmental too, like some of them, Correct. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Were you ever were you ever so entrenched that you said any stupid things to other people? I like to think I didn't, but I probably did. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I surely did. <laughs> surely did say things that now, looking back, I am really, really sorry for. And... Um, you know, as the years rolled by, I got saner and saner when I got into therapy. I said way less stupid shit. Um, the last few people that I probably said stupid things to were my children, um, my sons mm-hmm. who were, you know, teenagers. Um, but thank God, you know, I mean, now I've been gone four years. And uh, in, starting in 2008, I was really taking, asking a lot of questions, you know. And the rose-colored glasses came off then. And then I was still in AA for another two years, and left in very early in 11, so, you know, thank God, or else I don't I don't think my kids would even be talking to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how do your, what do your parents think of Alcoholics Anonymous? I'm not sure, uh, I know that, like, my mom used to, she was brainwashed by a, a stepper, Al-Anon type person, mm-hmm. uh, through Kaiser, who who uh, taught her to uh, things about AA that made made it sound like it was such a great thing, and I'm not so mm-hmm. sure if she's convinced of that anymore. Um, wh- where was the Kaiser that you went to? It was in Stockton, in California. Yeah, and are they still pushing AA? From what I understand. I, they are, but they also now allow you to go to SMART. Like, we were required to go to two AA meetings a week at, at minimum and have a slip sign. Hmm. And so I, I heard from one person, they said they're not doing that 
I, I don't know. That oh, that's for... good. You well, want to investigate? Doing... Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, why don't you call them? Call them and find out. Call them and say, what are you doing? And that, um, say, you know, there's uh, a documentary, uh, you know, being made exposing the um, harms that can happen in Alcoholics Anonymous. Are you aware of that? And then um, we're hoping that you don't, you know, do that because, you know, are you aware that they're court-ordering violent and sex offenders to those same AA meetings and a woman was murdered? More than one woman. You know, if everybody did something, if everybody who is left, who is an anti-AA person, did one thing that was really related to them, like you went to Kaiser, you called them, you know, Somebody else, like, you know, there's Tom who has got his issue with the place he went to. It's horrible. Like, every psychiatrist, yeah, like, I if know. he called that place. Or, you know, yeah. I mean, we need everybody to kind of reach out. And then, of course, when the film is done, they can actually see the film. The film will become a tool. But, you know, it's, it's anyway, it's bad. Okay, so let's go on. Number 14. Yeah. Get off your pity pot, meaning you're not allowed to feel sad or, for that matter, get angry. Mm-hmm. or have any real feelings. Remember, you are happy, joyous, and free. Now repeat <laughs> after me. I am powerless. Yeah. I like that one again. And I think that um, the lack of compassion, um, there are groups, you know, certain only small groups that are not, I would say, the women's group that I mm-hmm. went to at the end was a very compassionate group of women, loving women. Um, that did not go on there. Um, but I would say most meetings outside of that meeting, that went on. Um, it's probably the only reason that I went to AA meetings anymore was because of that group of women. Um, any place, like if, you know, Kevin went to a men's stag, if anybody, yeah, this is like bullshit, you know, said to them. Okay, um, number 15. Carry the message, not the mess meaning we are here to try and convert the newcomer so our numbers can grow. Wait, say that one again. Carry the message, not the mess, Mm -hmm. meaning we are here to try and convert the newcomer so our numbers can grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there was a lot of, um, what's that word where... Well, you say one thing and you mean another and two things are coming out of your mouth at the same time in different directions. So they want you to be honest. So people are having a hard time. They share their honesty, but they only want you to like. It's like getting up and uh, um, proselytizing. You know, proselytizing, where you're yeah. getting up and they only want. So this is very, I think, very Pacific group kind of, kind of crap. Where I thought he was sober. You know, five years and three days and twenty-two seconds, and I've you know accomplished. You know, and I have a car outside, and it's a. Mercedes Benz, and you can see I'm wearing a suit and, you know, jangling the change in their pockets. And the whole thing about I'm successful because I'm sober today. And that was, it reminded me like of a bad 1950s movie where they were, you know, I don't know, there's a word for when you, um, not grandstanding, but I can't think of it now. But you know what I mean? Where there's like this bragging about, um, you know, and this is all because I'm mm-hmm. sober today. You know, well, you know, yeah. that's not really true. There's, you know, there's so many people that have simple lives and they don't become superstars because they're sober. And in fact, some people, when they get sober, you see them disappear, movie stars. It's like they stop working. 
or you know, you have uh uh what is his name? Hoffman. Uh mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of actors. Right. Yeah, there's there's way too many. Really, really sad. Really, really sad. We want to change that. I want Hollywood to um, get off their fucking propaganda horse with AA, and uh, it's going to be a lot of work, but we'll do the best we can. All right, number 16. The results are in God's hands. Once again, repeat after me. I am powerless. Yeah. It's uh, for religious people, that's a religious phrase that's used a lot. So mm-hmm. it must be a religion. I mean, you know, what what happens I don't have control over, but I can take a lot of action to change things. Um, but does a pilot say that? Does a pilot say it's in God's hands whether we crash or not? No. Right. You know, does a, does a guy who's riding a motorcycle say it's in God's hands? You know, there's a guy who's climbing a you know a giant uh, skyscraper. Uh, does he say it's in God's hands if I fall? No, he does not. And um, it's a weird. I mean, I think there's a religious question, and those of faith have it, and those don't have a right to get help with any alcohol or drug problem, and it not be about God. That's what I mean. I'm really upset about that science. You know, that line, I got, I mean, if there was anything more gratifying, let me tell you this, Jason, I would love to have you with me and be able to do this. But I was asked to open a meeting for Keeper of the Birds, the woman whose kid was murdered over 10, a decade ago. And she asked mm-hmm. me to come out to um, Lake Elsinore, some little clubhouse in the back of a strip mall or whatever. And I was going to be the opening speaker for 10 minutes. I had already left AA. And so I did it. And... um they just read, uh, you know, science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. I think it was more about alcoholism, that chapter. And I had never heard that line said like that. And if you listen to, if you go onto YouTube and you Google Marty Mann, there's going to be a stupid video where she's like, Alcoholics Anonymous, and then, and then, you know, and she's like talking in that. And they, but they put up on the screen a new scientific approach. Well, it was not a scientific approach. No. Nope. It was an answer to something that they didn't have an answer to back then. But we have other answers to it now, right? But they got in there and right. stopped it. So when, you, when people read that and they say, science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet. And so I stood up and I said, well, you know, actually that's not true. Like and then now that we have things like now we Go have ahead. things what? like naltrexone and ibogaine, yeah. mm-hmm. and people are well. That's not going to solve the problem. The problem is me. So, are we here to solve your character, what you perceive as your character defects, or are we here to, to solve how to drink? Because there's only one mention of drink in the steps. The rest are religious. Yeah, there's no tools and techniques. You know, no. going and sitting with a bunch of other, you know, drunks. People actually used to talk to each other in the old days. Like there was one-on-one and there was a camaraderie. There wasn't isolation sitting in a big meeting listening to other people. There were people connecting with people. That's whatever success they had back then was it was one-on-one individual people caring for each other about something that they, at that time there was no other answer for except giving them formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was outrageous what they did with alcoholics back then. But 
That's not the case today. So to sit in a room in 2015 and hear that shit. So I said that, and I said, you know, this is not true. Like, there are other things. And they were like, well, then why are you here? This is an AA meeting. And I said, yeah, I'm here to tell you about it. Because there's people here who have been in and out of this room, and you make them feel like they're wrong and they're bad. And guess what? They are not wrong. They are not bad. Your program has failed them. And it was really cathartic. And there were like, you could tell those people who were called retreads and people who couldn't get sober, you know, couldn't stay sober. Like, okay, come up to me. They're like, oh, my God, I've never heard anybody share like you before. And I was like, yeah. And I know there are. I know there's bloggers that blog on my blog and out there who have go into meetings and say what I what I did. They speak the truth. They go back in there, and they say it, and and probably save somebody's life. Somebody hears it and gets the fuck out of there and goes to a smart meeting or finds a doctor and takes naltrexone, or realize it doesn't take God or some white light experience or sitting around with a bunch of numbnets to deal with their alcohol or drug problem. All right, we got ten minutes left. What's the next one, Jake? Yeah, number seventeen. So yeah, I might just skip a few because I got like actually I got like twenty or almost thirty different Total? ones. Yeah, All right. go ahead. I told you that. Yes. Uh, work the program from the waist up. We mean, of course, unless you're working the thirteenth step with a newcomer. Okay, we well, you know I was thirteen stepped. I think the film is coming out. We're going to tell that story, so we'll just yeah. move on. You go race through them, and then just give me a pause. And All if right. I have something to jump in, I'll jump in. Go ahead. The first step is the only step a person can work perfectly. In other words, always remember that you are powerless. Take what you can use and leave the rest. Then, of course, if you do that, the sponsor claims you're not working an honest program, an honest and thorough program. Your big book is your sponsor, too. In other words, the big book has everything you need to know about recovery. <laughs> like, yeah, we knew everything in 1935. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. Yeah, sobriety, so. yeah, sobriety delivers everything alcohol promised. In other words, an escape from reality with a constant flow of newcomers to 13 steps. Let go and let God. This means give all your control over to us. Active alcoholics don't have relationships. They take hostages. Truthfully, though, yeah, yeah, truthfully, though, we do things the same way here in AA. Like, take Carlo Brada. Perfect example. Yes, that's a horrible one. I really, I hate that one. And I I told you last night, I I never heard that until about the last 10 years. And when the first time I heard that, I said, that is fucking sick. Like, who who made that up and brought that here? You know, I mean, and that's predators. Predators, you know, in the meetings saying that. Okay, number 26. Don't intellectualize, utilize. In other words, we don't like critical thinkers, only people who follow orders blindly. Mm-hmm. AA spoils your drinking. In other words, we enjoy filling people's heads with lies that if you have a drink, you will become powerless and unable to quit. When you are a sponsor, you get out of yourself. If I serve, I will be served. We mean that when you are a sponsor, you get to play God with someone else's life. 
the smartest, and there's two more left. The smartest thing an AA member can say is, help me. Meaning, we like it when someone says that because we know it will be easier to manipulate them. And last but not least, principles before personalities. Actually, we just like to say that over and over and over again. You don't actually believe we have principles here, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that one I like maybe the best. Um, yeah. Because there, although some people do, of course, you know, have principles, but on the whole, they don't. And there's a lot of uh, games played there. And again, I would say that you know, in the women's meeting I went to was an exception. But you know, the meetings that I saw, including all the GSR meetings, um, there was a, a delegate who knew he could have told me that there are certain protocols of the way that I could have gotten any subject on the agenda. He knew what they were. He was a delegate. Um, that means he was, you know what I mean, that people know. Never shared it with me, never said, oh, all you have to do is this, and, and they can get on the agenda. Like if I could go back in there now and I could just, like, destroy the place. Not physically. Don't get worried. You know, I'm not gonna do. But I, <laughs> you know, knowing what I know now, if I decided, you know what, I'm going back in there and I'm just going to make shit happen. Like, I'm going to really stir that shit inside and then, like, leave again. Um, I, I wouldn't ever, you know, I, I, it, it was really fucked up. I, so there's three that we have six minutes left. So step one, all right, I want to say this really quickly. Really important. First half of the first step, they said, to me, this is really where they hijack you. Take what you like and leave it. Oh, just, you know, utilize, don't analyze, whatever. Seven months into it, no, if you don't take the first half of the first step, you can't get the rest of the program. And I said, wait a second. You're telling me, and they're like, oh, absolutely. And that is, they just lied to me. So all the people who, you know, were like, um, you know, that you can just take what you like and leave the rest, or they're full of shit. You should have just said, no, if you were not powerless and you quit on your own, Monica, you don't belong here. This is not... You know, this is not like a glee club or, you know, a special group. This is this is for people who were powerless over alcohol. Were you ever? And I was like, no, then I shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, there's somebody who, like, logged in here. I don't know if they want to talk or not. Um, the other one is um, the critical thinking. Which of the last three or four was about critical thinking? Oh, my. Uh... Yeah, your list. It was. So I made a note oh, here about list. critical thinking. It was like maybe 27 or 28 or 29. Uh, Don't intellectualize, utilize. In other words, we don't like critical thinkers, only people who follow orders blindly. Yeah, I think that um, there are some parts of it that you can be a rebel, but anything past that is is not acceptable. And, uh, you know, I'm here with Jason Bartley. I'm Monica Richardson. Uh, This is Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. We have just a few minutes left. We have like four minutes left. And uh, we didn't have time for any call-ins today because I didn't realize you had like so many there, Jason. I don't know why you thought you had like 15 of them. But we are really building steam out here. We have, uh, Jason has his YouTube videos. You can find them just by putting Jason Bartley into YouTube or Recovery Truth One. Um, I have Facebook pages. Go ahead and like them. There's quite a few of ours. Let's see what they are. So we have Leaving AA. We have the 13-step to film, Monica Richardson. 
and yours is what are your some of the other Facebook pages? Oh wait, deprogramming. Yeah, deprogramming from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. What's the name of the, my group? I just started. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> yeah, deprogramming from AA. I think it is AA or any twelve-step group. Yes, that's right. What is the name and of your Facebook have, page? I have the Fall of AA, which uh, is Facebook.com backslash Recovery Truth One. The fall of AA is you. What are you on Twitter? Recovery Truth One, and then it has my, you'll see my name. Oh, okay. And on Twitter, I'm uh, Thirteen Stepping at the Thirteen Step the Film, and I'm on Twitter as Monica Richardson. And I got kind of walked out of there for a while. I couldn't figure out how to get back into that. So, what are some of the other uh, Safe Recovery? Is another one. Safe Sobriety. Uh-huh. I mean, yep. um, Safe Sobriety is um, a good page. We have Empowered, Anne Maria. Um, there is Anti-Denial um, Daytona. Um, did somebody start? Look, at this looks like this is new. Anti-12-Step Programs. Is that new? I haven't seen that one. On Facebook? I don't know. It looks like it's a, it's a closed group. They have 383 members. Um you know what's what's a total pro stepper one? It's crazy. It's called the Rowdy Rum. Rowdy Rum. I've heard of 11, it. But... Yeah, they have eleven thousand members, but I know there wow. are people in there that are not pro. They they're in that group, but they're not pro. So I get they I get thrown out of there right away if I ever went in there. I'm sure. Jason, it's been a good show. Yeah. What's next for you? You going to do another video? Oh, yeah. I've got one in the making. I mean, I actually, and I have one in the making, and I have an idea and some sources, resources for the one after that. So I've got two more, at least two more videos I want to make. It, I don't know exactly how long it's going to take me, but they will get done. Good. Well, I like the new computer. I can tell you got a new computer. And the glasses. Oh, yeah. You get the new glasses, right? Yeah. It's always good to get a new pair of glasses. I got some, but i got to go pick them up, and when my foot's better, I'll hobble over there and get them. Jason, it's been really good. Everybody out there, we have a minute left. I'll just finish up here. I'm going to be back. I'm going to have Andrew Todorski on, and I'm reaching out to um, other authors to be on the show. So that's I'm looking forward to some people that are professionals in the field to have on the show as well as a couple of other authors. And just want to say thank you to everybody for all the support and we have been accepted to un- Injustice for All and Justice Film Festivals. Both of them are in Chicago. And there's a couple of more that have been accepted. I cannot talk about them yet because they haven't been officially confirmed, so I don't want to jinx anything. As soon as I know, I'll put it out there. But thank you so much, Jason, for being a guest again, yeah, Jason Bartley. Been on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. And uh, again, for Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery, uh, good night, everybody. Take care. And keep the faith (laughs) 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 okay Jason good night bye 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 everybody see you next week